0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Can't
2: catch it! He did! Hello everyone, welcome back to roto Overtime and roto Radio, brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. My name is Colin Kelly. you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined by Sean Siegel uh, off of roto one of the co-owners of um, I'm I'm bl- I'm blessed to each and every week uh, have him here for two shows to to talk fantasy football and to look at it through a road of his lens and Sean. Uh, speaking of Rotovis lenses, uh, the, the, the Scott Fish Bowl is obviously a big talking point each and every offseason. Uh, a lot of uh, Rotovis representation in it, but at this stage of the year, there's still a lot of, of his, uh representation in it. Um, I, I've been able to get my way through those wildcard rounds to progress uh, to this stage. Uh, I know you had a couple of bye weeks, uh, still going strong and ready to ready to go after that SFB title.
1: No, I think that you have to carry the torch for OT now. Had uh, a negative score for Mike Uh, uh Lennon there at the (laughs) cornerback position. Didn't get me quite enough. Did have the bye, but once the bye was done, uh, the team was no longer strong enough without uh, Drew Brees and and George Kittle. I think uh, my first two picks there, but it was a very fun season. And yeah, congratulations, Colin. It's it's awesome to see you make it this far. What do you think your chances are uh, in this next brutal round?
2: Uh, it'll be it'll be a tough task but i i actually think that you know all things considered it's going pretty well um in terms of i i think one of the keys for me is i've uh, i've really avoided those injuries uh being able to keep progressing along where other teams were having those players fall off um i've been lucky as well like you know i had ben roethlisberger out for those couple of weeks i was able to slot alex smith in um i, I had ryan fitzpatrick earlier in the season which um can be tricky in this format uh but uh, still was successful at the start of the year and then the, the running back position is truly a, a zero rb landscape uh, a lot of my points coming from uh, Darrell Henderson there uh, this season but I had Miles Sanders who obviously had a, a big big performance this past week uh, most weeks it is a, a case of Jamal, Jamal Williams as my second running back but uh, Robbie Anderson, Jarvis Landry, DK Metcalf, Mr. Lavisca Chenault and Juju Smith-Schuster are the, the wide receivers and with this format you can you can start six wide receivers which is is helping through those and I have actually we talked about it on Monday Sean a main reason for the success is mr travis kelsey Uh, i have tj hawkinson as well uh, which is helping out quite a bit so if we look at the the scoring um i'm just looking here at my roster we have 198 points for hawkinson which is pretty much uh, outside of dk metcalf my highest scoring player the second highest scoring player or the the highest scoring player is Travis Kelsey at three hundred and thirty-six points, so I think there is a lot of that success, Sean, simply down to that Travis Kelsey pick uh, at the start of the season. But let's see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Um, it's always fun anytime we can get involved in the Scott Fish Bowl. So we'll see how how things all shake out. But lots of fun stuff to talk about on today's show, and we're gonna we kind of it was like a very professional tease that Sean did uh, when I when I mentioned the name of the article uh, from Monday's show, and Sean said we'll, we'll we're going to talk about the dynasty aspect. To that on Thursday show. So we're talking about that today. Now we'll be talking about some of your questions and your thoughts that you've sent to me at Overtime Ireland or to our email at rotavisradio at gmail.com. And of course, you can always get those sent our way um, as early in the week as you can for a chance to have them on the show then as we go through the week. So we're going to uh, do that in the second half of the show. But Sean, uh, why the rich stay rich in Dynasty and how to join the elite? Uh, we uh, you teased it you teased it on monday so uh, let's not tease the listeners anymore (laughs) let's talk through it
1: right so everybody's favorite part of managing a dynasty roster is the rookie draft right and everything that we do kind of points to that event our draft tactics our trade tactics our overall build tactics and one of the things that owners often discuss and we get questions on the show about is should I do this trade it's going to include future firsts and the distinction between the, whether those firsts are likely to come early in the draft or maybe you're trading with someone who as a championship contender and so that pick is likely to be a 10 11 12 and we tend to view those picks very differently now we should view those picks differently we do know that the number one overall selection for example has been very very valuable and that remains the case despite Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards-Alaire being the last two number one picks still having quite a few questions about them right now they don't look like number one picks from the recent past like a Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott as Saquon Barkley but we know those picks have a lot of value the interesting thing though is that we go a little bit beyond that and look at what's really happening in these first rounds now we had talked about this summer. I had done this exercise where I reselected every rookie draft from 2015 to 2019. And basically what we found, you can go, you can find that article on the site. You can see the the detailed takeaways. But the big takeaway is that running backs are mildly overdrafted while wide receivers are mildly underdrafted. Now, <laughs> let's turn to the show. We're going to see, you know, what else is new? They're talking about Having to get or being <laughs> taking wide receivers a little bit earlier. Uh, that, that seems like something that uh, we've beaten to death. At the same time, I think it's very interesting when we look at what happens in some of these actual drafts. And so, what I did here, a different kind of way to look at it, is I pulled up the ADP from the last seven years of rookie drafts, which you can do in our really cool dynasty tool. You can do it by year, you can do it by even month within the year. Uh, look at where these guys are going, and then you can trace the Dynasty value of those players through their career. So if you have an interest in that kind of thing, the Dynasty ADP tool will do a lot of really cool stuff for you. But one of the things that allowed me to do really quickly was to pull up these last seven drafts, break down the players who were taken with the top six picks and the bottom six picks in the first round. Now, we know that there's not a lot of difference between the number six Overall pick and the number seven overall pick. But we look at top half and bottom half. It gives us a little bit of a sense of where these guys have gone and what we might think of them now. So then, after I broke them into the two groups, I ranked the players within each group. And the very surprising thing that I found is that if you look at the top 10 from the top six group and the top 10 from the bottom six group, it's really pretty comparable. And that includes those three number one picks that I just mentioned. It includes Christian McCaffrey, who was the number three pick in his rookie draft, and the player I have ranked number one. I don't think that's controversial. Even with those guys being in this top six group, our bottom six group also looks very good. Just to give a little bit of a sense, the top five guys I have right now from the bottom six group, number one, Devontae Adams, having sort of a historic fantasy season for a wide receiver. Number two, Odell Beckham a little bit uh, in the down portion of his career, injured this season, a bust last season. But although Beckham came out and had one of the all-time great fantasy campaigns as a rookie, like right off the bat, you look at his numbers and it's easy to think, oh, well, those are extraordinary, but they don't quite match up. He missed like the first month of the rookie season and his numbers still stack up there against some of the all-time greats. Number three, Michael Thomas, you got a guy here at number three, you could move him up to number two pretty easily, who is setting all kinds of records in terms of most receptions for, you know, after a rookie year, second year, third year, fourth year. Number four, Alvin Kamara, who may be the most valuable player from 2020. And then number five, A.J. Brown, and ascending wide receiver. So when we look at those guys, if you had to take that group and play them against, The top five for the top six players, McCaffrey, Gurley, Elliott, Barkley, Cook. I think you could even make an argument that you would want the lesser group for 2020. And that's despite the fact that those guys are actually a little bit younger if you look at them overall. Now, there are a lot of different things going on here. We don't want to be too quick to make any huge proclamations about this. But the other thing that is very clear that is happening is that we have running backs, in this top group and wide receivers in the other section right so seven of the when we look at the players picked in the top six and the most highly ranked of those players seven of the first 10 are running backs and there are six more running backs in my rankings from the 11 to 20 range now you contrast that with the group that was picked in the 7 through 12 range seven of the first 10 of those players are wide receivers and then there are no running backs in that 11 through 20 range so if you're in a situation where you absolutely have to get a running back for your dynasty roster then yes you're going to be looking at the potential to need that top pick but the value for these wide receivers isn't just that they can score a lot of points they're not injured as often but we look at the longevity of their careers and we look at the way that they hold their trade value more so even if you end up Landing some of these top running backs, you get into this situation where you are in this cycle of compete and then rebuild, compete and rebuild. And you think about what you're doing, you know, when you have someone like a Todd Gurley or an Ezekiel Elliott, you're going to mostly be winning, right? So you're not necessarily going to have other top picks at that time. You're going to have these picks that are a little bit lower. And then in order to get back to the running back situation, you're going to have to be bad for a while, which will happen because. When Todd Gurley gets to where he is now, when Ezekiel Elliott gets to where it looks like he's going, then you have this very steep drop-off, and then you have to rebuild over time. Now, you can perhaps address that by while you're good, hitting these wide receivers, but I think that we have this prejudice against some of these picks. So the question that I would ask you is, when you're going and looking at trading with a contender in your league, are you looking at it as, okay, well, these person's first round picks aren't worth as much or are you looking at it as not only are those picks in the range where i could land some very good wide receivers but i don't want my opponent who's a championship contender to actually have one of these picks where they're going to be landing what could be very valuable wide receivers
2: that's an interesting way to look at it i I, sometimes like if we're doing like season long leagues i might look at somebody's roster and think of you know kind of almost like blocking their opportunity to get a player like that but when it comes to you know acquiring uh, dynasty picks it's not something that i've thought about really as much as i probably should have but it's a very interesting way to look at it mine's more if i can get those spots and a lot of my leagues as well are going to be super flex and i know this wasn't taking that into consideration but those late first round or early second rounds often are opportunities to get some of those super flex quarterbacks but if we're looking at it just from you know kind of standard positions wide receiver running back i think like the amount of time sean on this here kind of just puts it and highlights it but the amount of times over the last five years that i've had maybe the like there's been leagues where i've say the fourth pick and somebody wants to get up to get a running back and i've traded back out of that to maybe get a, a late first and a, a second round pick um and the amount of times like though i can specifically remember times when those turned into calvin ridley when those turned into you know those those later round picks you know Devonte adams will fuller Those guys were just going so much later in their drafts than they should have been. Uh, Calvin Ridley is the one that always stands out as I couldn't believe how late he went compared to some of the the players in in that draft. But I I like to have those late firsts or early seconds. What I've done this season with the uh of uncertainty around the uh college you know game and how things are going to shake out come draft time and you know the evaluation process and so on i've traded away a lot a lot of my first round picks and dynasty for 2021 um and it's a question i had for you is when you look at this data and see obviously you get those players who have you know all-time seasons like a like a todd Gurley. um but when we're looking at it then from you know just a standard how many Uh, spots have gone and those top kind of six seven picks for running backs those those actual picks even potentially saving that pick for a wide receiver and having maybe a second round pick go towards a a veteran running back do you think acquiring the veteran running backs uh, you know is the way to go rather than go after the guys um, and these and these rookie classes, because you are you're you're usually paying at the peak of the price. It's very rare that you're going to get a return on value, um, unless you get like a Christian McCaffrey or you sell a Todd Gurley or Ezekiel Elliott at their peak.
1: It's very tricky, and one of the things that we mentioned there is if you do land one of these top guys, then perhaps you for several years have those later picks. You want to embrace those picks and use them to build a team that then is wide receiver heavy, as opposed to trying to figure out how you can double down and build more running back value into your team. Now, we talk on the show about how a dynasty team requires you, a dynasty champion requires you to have a team that's better than any possible redraft team. And so running backs are going to come into the equation a little bit more, perhaps, than they actually do in redraft. And you can look at this in a variety of ways. It also depends a little bit on your format. If you have a a start 10 league where you only have to start one running back, then one of the things that you can do is build out this incredible depth at the wide receiver position and really just take on your opponents through the types of rosters that we have been discussing where you have four, five, six elite wide receivers. If you have to start two running backs, if you have to start three running backs in a deeper league, you have to look at it a little bit differently. But I still want to target some of these guys heading into year two. Now, the prices for these rookie running backs who were drafted this year, it'll be interesting to track those in the offseason, trying to find the values there. Christian McCaffrey, after his rookie year, was a spectacular value. People were looking at him more as this Darren Sproles kind of player. He proved he was not that. Right. And so we want to look at situations where players have this phenomenal track record in college, have a lot of volume in their rookie year, have that draft slot where we can expect the team to try and use them more the next season. The tricky part comes in, I think, when we're talking about someone like a Clyde Edwards Alaire, who actually didn't have a very strong collegiate resume he had that good final season but he doesn't have that size speed production profile that you would expect to get from someone who was drafted in the first round he's pretty clearly not the same caliber of prospect of jonathan taylor cam Akers, dk uh, jk dobbins and deandre swift so do we continue to try and acquire him because he was the first guy selected and because he's in this Chiefs offense the Chiefs right now are throwing a ton sort of back to the way that Andy Reid always liked to do it in Philadelphia and taking advantage of Patrick Mahomes so there's no guarantee that the running back in Kansas City is going to have this huge value at the same time there's this siren song because we think of you know what LaShawn McCoy did what Brian Westbrook did could the offense move back in that direction I think you have to have some guts and you have to pull the trigger in some of these different leagues when you can get a price on a second year guy because what we have with the running backs is that the value of those top five picks is going to be very high the value of the players going into season two tends to crest a little bit and then the value falls off very very quickly now for the true stars, guys like McCaffrey, Gurley, Elliott, Barkley, Cook, you know, we have that actual value that extends for several years. So the trick is to play that and then to sell it before it gets too late. We may already be too late with Elliott. Dalvin Cook. someone that I'm very conflicted on because he is so good. He has so much value right now. He is a little bit younger than Derrick Henry. Might have another season or two of what Derrick Henry has been doing. Still in him. And so, you know, you don't necessarily want to trade too early when you have one of these only guys who really has this field tilting value. At the same time, the ability of that value to go from where it is now to almost zero happens in a heartbeat, right? So, with these running backs, it's almost a situation where we want to sell, diversify, and strengthen our overall roster with just such a deep wide receiver core and continue then to buy more of these late rookie picks as opposed to using them for veterans at the end, I would even suggest, and this is something that I'll do in my own leagues from time to time. It can be difficult because you look at what's coming ahead of you, but we all have these situations where, you know, you look at the projections going into your fantasy semifinals and you're the favorite and you lose. You're the underdog and you win. You go to the finals. Maybe you're the number one seed the whole way. You don't take it down that season, but as a wild card, you came through in one of your other leagues and won. Now, this isn't to say that you don't want to have the best team. You do want to have that. You want to get the buy. You want to put yourself with the easiest path to the title. But what you also want to make sure you do is have the most total paths, right? So you want to be in the playoffs every single season. You want to push for those buys, but you want to give yourself the most chances, which means having this deep wide receiver core. And so even when I'm a favorite, I will sell veterans into this playoff window. So right before the trade deadline, sell important pieces of my roster in order to get rookie picks back even picks maybe that aren't going to be at the very top because i know that this range that is often looked at as being oh well you know that's going to be the 110 the 111 112 these are actually picks that turn into very very valuable wide receivers you look at that trade six months down the line and you have a debo samuel or a Justin Jefferson or a T Higgins, and your opponent now has Mark Ingram, right? And so the way that that moves along in dynasty leagues in terms of scoring value and trade value really allows you to revamp on the fly. And if you can put out that lineup that has six, seven, top 20 wide receivers, it's very difficult to be beaten even by a Derrick Henry team, for example.
2: Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment our overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers, this football season is different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch one of my favorite things as I mentioned before is adding that Pepsi into the freezer making sure you don't leave it in too long but uh, making it just right nice and chilled gives you that extra refreshment as you watch the games Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it Pepsi Made for football watching. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be at their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total views than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you So in the second half of Thursday shows, we get into those listener uh, suggestions and recommendations. Just before we do that on today's show, I want to give uh, a little plug to Travis May. Um, does some fantastic, uh, you know, rookie work in CFB college football. Uh, stuff up on the rotavis.com website and he is his top one hundred rookies looking ahead to the twenty twenty one NFL draft with twenty through forty up on the site currently. Um, you know, if you're if you're starting to look ahead, maybe we're talking about the playoffs. Maybe your teams haven't got to the playoffs or maybe they, they lost last week and it's it's back to looking ahead to that draft for Sean mentioned it, it is one of the best times of year as a as a dynasty player. So um that is something that I would urge you to head over and check out on the website um next week is obviously coming up to christmas so we're going to have the the holiday seasons coming up and uh people it's gonna be a little bit different this year obviously but um, we're going to still i'm sure have our our celebratory dinners and um people like to talk about some of their favorite sides i think the best side is uh, a fantasy championship if you can win that in week 16 before the holidays it can be the best way to do things but uh, it's going to be a little bit after it this year so we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see how it all shakes out but uh, send us some suggestions that we might talk about on next week's show and um, for some of those best um, maybe holiday games or or holiday sides uh, to go along with your dinners and we'll, we'll me and sean will give some of our suggestions on next week's show, uh, Sean. Uh, one that came in uh, a bit of a question i guess we'll throw the question for strategy and to, to start things out it's from bilbo gaskins and he's uh, asking about how do you go about converting a young wide receiver heavy dynasty team into a contender do you consolidate wide receivers until you have four elite ones and eventually trade for running backs um in terms of i'll i'll give a quick answer and I guess you'll say it much better than i will but i i would tend to have those teams that have young wide receivers they like you touched on it if you depending on the league setup that can be a contender already without you know worrying too much about uh, running backs and you know i guess the question about consolidating wide receivers into four elite ones is moving those young wide receivers to try and get you know, maybe a Devontae Adams, but if, I, I would be more of the approach, um, Sean might have a different approach, it might be the same, of having those younger players and, and having them then grow with the dynasty. If you can move them for some elite pieces at the right price, go for it. But like, if you if you have a young wide receiver at the minute called T Higgins, or you have a young wide receiver called Justin Jefferson, uh, or a wide receiver in the name of Brant Nyuk, like you have young wide receivers who are elite and are only going to grow in value moving forward and you can start them with confidence maybe to the t higgins at the minute with the the quarterback situation but i i would be more the the process shot of having as many of those young wide receivers as you can and then seeing what you can get like at the wide at the running back position whether that's off waivers or whether that's off lesser ended uh, trades
1: right this is this is always an interesting one i think because there can be that Tension or that tendency to when you're right on the cusp to want to hurry things along and go for it and that's not necessarily uh, what Bilbo's saying here he's got he's put together a nice youthful core and perhaps trying to make some tweaks to have it really be a champion. One of the things that, that I would suggest here is that patience and upside can actually be a very strongly attached in terms of of what they're going to do for you one of the things that we want to be able to defend against is just the chaos of any given season we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of thinking that we can predict the future just to give a couple of examples i've got a number of teams with christian McCaffrey who are in the fantasy semis and finals this next week really desperately hoping that he comes back because that would give a big push for the championship but at the same time the team has been able to get there without him i would contrast that to a team that curtis patrick and i put together for the ffpc pros versus joe's at dynasty startup this year where through a series of trades in the startup we ended up with christian mccaffrey dalvin cook michael thomas and dak prescott in a league that is super flex, and so dak prescott has even much more value than he would just otherwise uh, someone who is a first round type of pick so four first round values on this roster and yet i don't think anybody is going to be surprised with the punchline that we missed the playoffs with this team because of the injuries that happened and you look at some of those injuries and you think well McCaffrey's going to come back he's going to still have the value prescott's going to come back There are some potential things that could happen. You know, we've seen now with Carson Wentz that the quarterbacks don't always come back perfectly healthy. You look at someone like a Carson Palmer, who uh, was a very good quarterback late in his career. But some of the younger listeners might not uh, still have some of those memories in their heads of what he was right at the beginning of his career before he blew out his knee in the playoff game. We don't know that Prescott is going to come back exactly like he was, but there is a lot of optimism about that. Michael Thomas, on the other hand, he's getting into this range where, yeah, you could have a couple of more wide receiver one seasons, and maybe even high-end wide receiver one seasons. You look at what Devontae Adams is doing, and you say, yes, I want that on my team. Uh, think about what DeAndre Hopkins has done this year, might do next year even a little bit more, and you say, yes, I want that on my team. I need to have these top guys to win And yet at the same time, if we can keep our lineups deep, then we're in situations where our Christian McCaffrey rosters could potentially win titles even without him. And that's where we want to be with these dynasty teams because we don't know what's going to happen in any given year. And we don't want to be forced into a rebuild, even if it's sort of a reload because of injuries in one season. And so... As you mentioned, if you can stay young with those wide receivers, even selling someone like a Devontae Adams to get a couple of young guys, maybe two young guys and a rookie pick, one of the things that you want to explore with your league mates is just how high someone might pay, right? Now, we're not trying to go out there and exploit anyone. We're trying to go out there and get a sense of what people are interested in, what people would do, what what people think makes sense for them. Because if they're willing to pay enough, then it makes sense for us to take – the risk of a more uncertain player but with the safety of spreading that risk across multiple players that when we do that enough and we target the right guys you mentioned travis may's top 100 i always love reading this he's got it broken down in 20 player groups one of the players that he was on last year and just begging people to draft was antonio gibson so that's a situation where you know how do we get a running back get the next Gibson, get the next James Robinson, guys that we profiled on the site through the Running Back Prospect Lab as having this real breakout potential being a similar type of talent to say a Clyde Edwards Alaire. Now, there may be a situation where you can trade for a running back if you have a stud wide receiver and there's someone in your league who needs one and maybe they're willing to give up a Dalvin Cook because they're looking at it and saying that same thing. Well, Cook is a star, but maybe someone like, DeAndre Hopkins actually has more good years left because of the differences between the two positions, and you would rather have a Hopkins than a Cook. You're going to have to figure that out in the individual league that you're in through creating relationships with the different owners, but that's what I want to do. I want to build a team that is so deep and powerful that when my stars aren't there, I can still score a lot of points. It's no fun sitting around with a team that has McCaffrey and Thomas and you're down quarterbacks and you're looking at the roster and there's just not the depth to be able to overcome that. Even if you have to be patient, even if you have to look at some of these other stars and think, okay, I'm being beaten by Adams this week. T Higgins isn't quite there for scoring those points. We have to continue to balance the present and the future. And again, trying to maximize our path to the playoffs in all of our leagues, as opposed to some of our leagues. And then in all of the years, even when injuries occur. And so, you know, it's difficult, but I would be tempted to stay very young and very deep and not worry about where their top end scoring is going to come from because players like Higgins, Ayuk, Justin Jefferson is already there, but CD Lamb. You know we're looking a little bit deeper, and guys like a KJ Hamler I think is going to start scoring points for you. Chase Claypool has teased; he's frustrating right now, but he's going to score points for you. Uh, One of our favorites who hasn't done much but looked good in the first half. On Sunday, LaVisca Chenault is going to score points for you. A Jerry Judy might be someone you can target now. I'm not quite as high on him as some other people are. I think that he might be the person who struggles a little bit with the depth of this Denver Broncos receiving core. But there are guys to go get there. I would prefer to be still trying to add young receivers as opposed to consolidating for some of those elite guys. I think if you sit around with some of these players, Six months from now, 12 months from now, you're going to be looking at a full team of Stefan Diggs-type players, and that type of team will win
2: yeah no i i agree with that uh another suggestion coming in uh from zachary Kruger. uh we talked about some of zachary's stuff on the the show last week but uh he suggested Wayne. it's a youtube original uh, he was said uh, he also said if you, if you haven't given it a chance you don't know what you're missing so uh, i'm i'm bumping that up to the the top of my rotation for for this coming weekend uh on youtube to to see what it's all about got had a, had a quick look after zachary uh suggested it very very Uh, high rated show and uh, it comes from the guys who have uh, who who wrote Deadpool so we haven't I don't think we've talked about Deadpool Sean Uh, was Deadpool one of those uh, films that that you enjoyed I I really I I love the first uh, the first one
1: it was and and I think that the thing about it that stands out is that you have a lot of these movies TV shows with vulgarity but it's not Creative. It's not amusing. There's no actual punchline. It's just vulgar. Deadpool not really like that. Wayne, another one here. It's it's an interesting show because it is very violent. It is it is shocking, sort of separate from the violence, and it sort of inverts or defeats your expectations for what is going to happen in the scene. And at the same time, you have these characters who are the centerpiece, who are really tremendous people are very interesting people very uh, intensely caring people and are in situations that, that I personally would find very difficult I know the characters uh, have a lot of adversity that they have to deal with and so you have this show that has great writing that has interesting action that has interesting ethical dilemmas and you don't know what's coming next. And I think that's a real key when you pick up a book or you know you turn on a television show, you want to be surprised. And, and Wayne will definitely do that for you.
2: And to follow up on, on one we got a few weeks ago from Tim Hughes. He, Tim was uh, the person who asked us if we had seen The Undoing and it was obviously getting a lot of buzz. Uh, he said that apparently The Undoing turned into a real life story of how His three-season-long teams were eliminated from the playoffs in Week 14 when he started DeAndre Washington and Devontae Parker. Uh, Now that his season is done, he plans to watch uh, the series this coming week. So um, uh, he also suggested uh, a documentary called A Most Beautiful Thing, which is about the first african-american rowing team from chicago's west side so he, he also sent that in with another recommendation so he, he has had his the real life undoing happen in his fantasy season uh, he's going to watch the the series uh, this coming week but bad luck tim for uh, the, the way the playoffs finished out but uh there's always next year sean that's what we what we do in in fantasy and in dynasty we once we go out we just start to, to think about next year is not the best way for for tim to move forward
1: it is. It is. And, you know, we mentioned Travis May on the show. He's going to be involved in our Brig project that we have coming up, the Dynasty Command Center Rookie Guide. It was hugely popular last year. You get uh, three different editions, and the first one comes out before most rookie information is out there. Uh, lots of information about the players, mock drafts. You get advanced research and some crazy tips from Blair Andrews about how to put your team together what to look for in NFL prospects so a really cool project you'll be able to pre-order that fairly soon on the website we'll let you know when it does go live there to order but yeah I mean this is a fun time of the year too because one of the great things about football it does come around again and the NFL more than any other sport has this very rich and robust offseason and so In many ways, even during this time period where I just feel very fortunate and blessed and lucky to have teams that have won already, that are now doing well in the FFC playoffs, that are in dynasty uh, semis and finals. And yet at the same time, I find myself looking forward to this next month when it's all over and we restart and we have the prospect season. And, you know, that's almost like the Christmas in the spring time period for us. And so uh, even in the most intense, And exciting period of the entire dynasty season, or the entire fantasy season. I'm already looking ahead. It it should just be a lot of fun.
2: And uh, I guess to to finish it off, Sean, we didn't get your recommendation for this week. I know it's a a TV show, so uh, I'll let you take it away.
1: Yeah. So uh, this last weekend, I was watching The Wilds on Amazon, which is sort of this blatant Lost ripoff. You've got the plane crash, you've got the diverted deserted island. Everything isn't what it seems, and you're thinking yourself, well, you know, can't tv do things that are original first of all obviously there are lots of original stuff out there but secondly lost ripoffs are really what we're looking for right i mean there's there's no better (laughs) concept so i was really enjoying this it's sort of a show that centers around these uh, high school-ish female uh, protagonists who are stranded on this island it was really shockingly well written. And, you know, I don't say that obviously because it's a, a female oriented show, but simply because it's a, a younger targeted show. And some of these you have the high school soap opera kind of situation. You know, there's going to be some of that. But the way that it was done and, and orchestrated on this was fantastic. But if you have Amazon Prime, you're tr- tr- sort of following the stuff there maybe you've watched some Wayne and you're looking for the next thing you'll notice that the show that it really reminded me of that you won't necessarily be thinking of that is my actual recommendation is Persons Unknown this is a a 2010 show there was just one season got a little bit of a a cliffhanger so you're not necessarily going to exactly get the finish but you have these seven strangers they're kidnapped they're dropped into this isolated small town they don't really know how they got there they don't know why they're there they're under surveillance they're unable to escape there's this sort of ring around the town uh, that's being enforced through some other nefarious means and it, it was a blast, right? I mean, it's one of those shows that's, that's sort of silly. It's ridiculous. Obviously, this kind of thing is not going to happen. The ethical dilemmas are sort of bizarre and contrived. At the same time, you know, it's so much fun. It's got mystery, action, horror, all of these different types of things with uh, compelling characters. And again, you don't know what's going to happen next. And so, uh, like I said, that's the thing I'm really looking for in a show. And so uh, it may not be one that's as easy to watch. You may have to pay uh, per episode on this one. But You know, if you're in your isolation, if you're waiting for your vaccine, if you're so close and you need to find something to get you across that last little bit to a 2021 that promises to be much brighter than 2020 has been, then, you know, this could be one of the shows that helps you get there. And so, yeah, I thought it was a fun one.
2: Uh, And as always, when we get to wrap up the show, uh, you can always save yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by adding the code 2020 RV Radio at checkout. And uh, we are obviously getting to the, the real heated stage of the fantasy playoffs, the fantasy championships, where we play all season long to, to try and bring these titles home so wishing the listeners all the best this weekend and I guess I'll wish Sean the best as well I'll wish myself all the best as well to make sure we all uh, come back next week we're ready for those uh, championship rounds to, to bring home uh, some trophies and uh, any leagues that are involving uh, some high stakes prizes like myself and Sean's uh, hopefully we'll take home some of that cash as well so looking forward to that and talking about it next week hope you all have a, a good weekend drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app as well and as always send us those suggestions for next week's show uh, to at Overtime Ireland on twitter or to rotavisradio at gmail.com we'll get them added into an upcoming show my name's Colin Kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime Ireland and joined again as always by Sean Siegel and follow all of Sean's great work up on rotaviz.com. Until we're back with another one, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Roto-Biz radio And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Roto-Biz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Football is back in full swing as we get ready for the playoff pitcher to come into full focus. You might not be at any games this year but you can certainly still be in on all the action at Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to win than anywhere else and you can still get in on their great bonuses for opening your account. You can do that Right now, today, by using the code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That is the code BLUEWIRE, all one word. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of those great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook
0: experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.